0: You're listening to the Umfreak Parents Podcast, episode 016. You're seen to chat about parenting, life, and of course, Umphrease McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak, successful event planner, online health and wellness mentor, first solo female podcast host in the jam music scene, mom of three, wife, and total umfreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 16 of the Umfreak Parents podcast. I'm beyond grateful that you are taking time out of your full schedule to listen to me yak about Umfreaks. If you did not catch last week's episode, I went over my top 35 songs from Summer Tour 2018. And as I mentioned in that episode, It was not an easy list to make it all because of all the amazing music that the band played over the summer. But I think that you will like what I came up with. I'll put a link in the show notes for the episode. And also, if you did not know, I made a playlist of all the songs I discussed on nugs.net that I will also put a link so that you can listen to all of them in one convenient place. With the band still taking a break from the road, returning... Um, to the stage in Kansas City, Missouri, on October 4th. This episode will be a little different and just include my awesome interview with Dave Levine, fellow Umphreak parent and professional photographer. Even if you don't know who he is, you're, you might be familiar with his work, especially if you own a copy of the 2017 Hall of Fame vinyl. Dave is just such an awesome and kind guy, and I'm so grateful To him for taking time out of his full schedule to chat with me for the show. And without further ado, here is my awesome chat with Dave Levine, fellow um, Umfreak parent and professional photographer. Enjoy! I'm
1: Dave Levine, I'm Levine Photographers. I uh, grew up in New York, born in uh, the Bronx, which is part of New York City, moved to Queens shortly after, which is another part of New York City. Neighborhoods called uh, Corona and Forest Hills. When I was 15, we moved to Long Island to a town called Hicksville. We'll know about that. That's where Billy Joel is from, if you're a Billy Joel fan. Uh, Then uh, as I got older, I just kept moving further and further east to where I am now, 70 miles outside New York City in a town called Bannerville, which is eastern Long Island. And uh, my family, I live with my wife Beth and my two children. One of my children is Anthony, who's going to be 15 shortly. Uh, He's from uh, my first marriage, was uh, at full-time. And Delaney is seven and a half, and she's ours. Uh, And uh, let's see, me and my wife, we've been together eight years. Together 13, I don't know if I said that already. And uh, we met at a Bruce Springsteen concert in Cleveland, Ohio. That's
0: very awesome. Um, And I do want to bring up the... uh the documentary I talked about um, because we did have some technical issues I will call it out on my end (laughs) Um, but I did want you to mention again what you had said about not being a Spring Scene fan as much anymore and why that was well
1: um, basically I think me and my wife when we go to a concert we want to hear music and not political speeches so we kind of get a little turned off from artists, no matter no matter what direction they're they're leaning politically, um, when they start to give political speeches, uh, I don't really want to go to a show for that. But mm-hmm. I do like things that Humphreys McGee does when they tell you just to get out and vote and exercise your right as an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's I I'm very commendable, and uh, I don't think it turns an audience off. Mm-hmm. You know? Think that's fine and support the message like that
0: mm-hmm. it's just it's just reminding people that whatever your view is it's totally cool to have it but just go out there and voice your opinion before you're just kind of spouting off you know actually absolutely. like go out there and vote before you're just running your mouth is how i feel
1: absolutely i agree
0: so what is your day job
1: my day job well um currently I'm a transportation manager at the Long Island Railroad. I manage conductors and engineers um, at the railroad. Those are conductors, of people that kind of take tickets on the train, open closed doors, things like that. They're in general charge of the train. The engineer is the guy who drives the train. Um, before I became a manager, I was an engineer. I drove trains for about 15 and a half years that's what I that's
0: what I do that's very cool it sounds it sounds like a very very interesting job It's. I'm sure it's something like different every day and problem solving and things like that like it sounds, sounds like yes a
1: good it
0: job. has its moments so yeah, yeah. <laughs> just put it that way okay. I'm sure Um. so have you taken your kids to concerts um, and Umprey shows specifically yes my kids have been quite a few concerts um my son has seen Rush four times Humphreys several times um and my daughter has seen a, quite a few Humphreys shows with us I, I think her show count is like at four nice I think they're both at four and uh my daughter was at a Rush concert uh in the womb that's so cool I'm so jealous I've wanted to see Rush so bad and I dropped the ball. <laughs> so uh, mad at myself. So mad. Yeah, I don't mad. think you'll get that chance again. No, I think that I just completely blew my chances and it makes me sad. Like I we recently went to see Elton John and I told myself after that night that I wasn't going to not see these artists anymore. You know that it wasn't going to matter whatever I needed to do. You know, financially is the biggest piece. Babysitters are workable, you know, but it, I just wasn't going to miss that anymore because you're just not going to see, you know, certain artists or bands or whatever because they're done touring or people pass away or you know whatever. It's, you're just not going to see that type of music ever again. So I'm not not doing that anymore. That's for sure. I'm not missing those opportunities. Absolutely. And you know we were talking about Bruce, and uh, I have to say, if you you might not be a big fan of his, but he used to put on some of the greatest shows I've ever seen. You know, I've seen Bruce probably somewhere between thirty and forty times, and his shows were great because just like Humphreys he would come out and do things on the fly sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you never knew what you were going to get in a Bruce show you never knew. He would do his staples every night. Like you were, you were guaranteed to get a four and a run or something like that. But most of the show, it was different from night to night. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's like, we watched the documentary that I mentioned. And I even said to my husband, I'm like, you know, I'm not really a big Springsteen fan, but I can, first of all, I can identify with, because it was all about the fans and first of all, I could obviously identify with all of those people 100%, you know, in, in our community and our, on um, praise fan base, but then to see, you know, the things that they highlighted in Bruce and stuff, I'm like, I would go and have an awesome time just because it's really good music and how long he's been around, you know, and how many different generations, you know, so it's nice for, me like i'm sure that comes with maturity too you know you can respect these artists differently that you know maybe you don't like but you can still kind of you can see what they're doing and the impact that they're making so i think i would i would probably go and have a great time
1: yeah no doubt very good
0: so I mean, how long guys
1: have been around forever doing this stuff you know
0: for sure i mean what did they say it was like this like the late 70s like that's a long time to not only still be making music but to be like just relevant to the point where I mean it's it there were some people it's no different than kind of what I'm doing you know there would be parents on there and their kids would have gone to shows and you know our fans themselves now and I just think stuff like that is so cool with music because it just goes on and on, even long after people have passed away or broken up. Like, that music is still there impacting lives. So I just, I think that's so awesome. I mean, well, let's put this in perspective. Led Zeppelin's first album is pretty much 50 years
1: old. hmm You know, and we still can put on a song like Communication Breakdown. Mm-hmm. And it sounds, still has today's sound.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that's a lot like my husband and i went and saw brit floyd um at the end of july and my husband is a huge pink floyd fan so he just knows their entire catalog and history and all of us and he's seen Britt floyd before and i'm not one that really likes to go to tribute bands and things like that like i'm just not into into that and we went and just sitting there and listening to the lyrics and the things of these songs, like even Pink Floyd songs can be so relevant. I mean, like that's you'd be a really political band now, but all of those things are still relevant to what's going on in the world today. You know, however many years ago that was. And it's, it's just interesting that that can still, because humans don't really change. It's still, the same conflicts and arguments and, and things. Yeah. Was your husband a,
1: or a see like me, was he a Roger Waters fan or a David Gilmore fan?
0: He is a Roger Waters fan.
1: Okay. I'm in the opposite. I'm the, Gilmore, I'm on the Gilmore side.
0: See, yeah, I am I'm too. Sure. I'm, I'm more. I like the Gilmore stuff, so I think that's kind of why we like. <laughs> we're like that with other stuff too. So like is out. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, I just think David Gilmore is such a talented guy. I, I, mean Roger Waters is too, but I, I just
1: the Gilmore stuff, especially with um, my, one of my favorite Floyd albums is Divi- the Division Bell. Mhm. That's, that's my fa- husband's before. favorite
0: album. Ah, uh,
1: such an amazing album. Mm-hmm. you know? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So, whereas I, I'm gonna bet that your husband, if he's not on the Gilmore side of things, doesn't really think much of the album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does like that album, though. He does. I mean, it's, it's. I don't know. It's hard to. To to pick a favorite for him, but that's. I'd have to say that's that's up there, up there in his in his favorites. Yeah. that's that's a great album for being such a
1: you know, late late Floyd album,
0: you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. It is really good. We recently just listened to that. Now I want to listen to it again. So... <laughs> um, Okay, so how long have you been seeing Umphreys?
1: Not very long. Um, I got into Umphreys in, oh, the late spring of 2015. And uh, my wife and I's first show was... Beacon in
0: New York City January 26th. Wow. So you're definitely like a newbie to the show. So how many shows have you seen in that time then? Uh, show count is 48 and I photographed 43 of them. That's amazing. That's very cool. So how did, okay, so we'll we'll start with when did you start taking photographs professionally?
1: Okay. Well, prof- oh, I should, we we I missed the part that you said
0: professional. professional. Well, no, no, no. You can start where you started. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> okay. So yeah, I started taking pictures when I was like around 13 years old. Okay. My dad was very big into cameras, and I used to grab his Canon A one with big lenses and mess around with it. And then when I was 14. was that 1980 I'm dating myself here I snuck a one of his cannons and a big zoom lens into a rush show at Madison Square Garden and I believe that was December 1980 and I just got hooked on taking pictures of bands and uh, although it wasn't I I do it did it time and time, it wasn't like a steady thing, you know, a kid sneaking cameras into a show. So over the years, I used to try and get whatever camera I could into a show. And uh, I, I uh, then just got a, a shot to photograph Humphreys kind of by accident. And that was um, in, the, what is it, the, also the late spring of that was in 2016, and uh, and here I am today.
0: That's cool. So, so uh, by accident, that how did that, that happen? You just kind of like they were in town and you put in for, for a pass, or was there something that had happened?
1: Actually, no. Um, well, let me back up a little. Professionally, uh, doing photography, because I do many different, not only concert photography, but I do other genres of photography as well. I think I started professionally about five years ago when I really said, okay, this is it. I can do this and I can not only do this, I can make money doing this. Um, so the, the thing with Humphreys, how it started, is we were, my wife and I were trying to get tickets for Boston for the summer of 2016, which was an August 12th show. And that was going to be, uh, my birthday's on August 14th, that was going to be my birthday show. So we decided to get VIP tickets for that and um, I was waiting for the VIPs to drop it was on a, a Monday I believe and they never dropped so I was running out of time where I had to run a train and uh, or drive a train whoever uh, whatever you want to call it and the tickets still didn't drop so I had like an hour to go, and it was like two hours or two and a half hours past the time that these tickets were supposed to drop. So, I, since we had done VIP for our first shows at the Beacon, I had uh, Mary Welch Fox's phone number in one of the emails, so I didn't know what to do, because I didn't want to miss out on these tickets if they had dropped while I was on the train, because you can't have a cell phone on and you have no access to the internet. So I called Mary Welch and I told her, Hey Mary, you know, this is so-and-so and I'm waiting for these tickets. And she looked into it and she said, Oh, there was some kind of computer glitch. I'm going to fix it. So while I had her on the phone, I had been through Humphrey's website and I saw the blurb about photographers. So I asked her, I said, Hey Mary, I, says, I didn't know even who she was. I said how do i photograph on i see this thing on the website she was like well you got to kind of be professional you got to have a website you got to work for a publication this and that i said well i said all that i have all that except that i don't work for a publication she goes well you know we just don't accept any photographer i says well i says i've been photographing bands for a long time she says well, okay send me a link to your website and i'll take a look so i sent her a link through email. And literally five minutes later, I forget whether she called me or she emailed me, and she was like, I think she called me, and she said, uh, she says, you need to shoot my husband's band. This is going to be a win-win situation. I said, your husband's band? I said, who's who's that? And she said, Ryan, the bass player. I said, oh. I said, okay. <laughs> so I had no idea. So she put me in touch with Matt Heller, and he contacted me, and they asked me what show I wanted to shoot, and uh, I got back to them. And I said, well, I can shoot this show and this show. And It ended up being Niagara Falls at the Rapids Theater that summer and a show in Charlotte that summer.
0: I was at that so, show. I was at that Niagara Falls show. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to say that so I didn't forget. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. You know, that was a great show. Yeah, it was. It was.
1: produced from that show and uh it kind of just like I say now 43 shows later I've shot and uh here I am
0: that's so cool so when was the first time that they've used one of your photos not on social media so in in a print form obviously if if nobody knows Um, your photo is the cover of the 2017 Hall of Fame album Um, but I do know that one of your photos is in the book for the new album, the deluxe version was that the first time or had they used your photo um, in print another time? Um, Well, The book was
1: the first in print and I think there was 7 or 8 of them in there Um, there was I believe 12 other photographers First time they have used it in print that I can think of, but they have used not on social media. If you go to like UM Live, okay. a lot of those album covers that are when you go to select the show to buy or listen to on Nugs, mm-hmm. there's quite a bunch of my photos that that are in, used in there, um, and they've used them in uh, emails where they they send out to people, as well as, uh, you know,
0: if you Google, I guess, my name, you'll find that interviews with Joel and, and other band members or articles on the band have, you know, have my photos. That's very cool. So tell everyone how your picture got picked for the Hall of Fame record.
1: One night, and um, we were talking about the colors of the Hall of Fame, and I said, you know, I said you haven't blue yet, because they've had green, they've had orange, they've had black and white, um, multicolored. Mm-hmm. So he was like, well, blue is kind of really tough. I said, well, I think I got it, and I showed him that picture, and that was it. Like that was right then and there. He was like, he's like, uh, send me that picture. Mm-hmm. High reps, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much how it started. And um, that night, I had also mentioned to him. This was in, I believe, it was at the Beacon. We were talking about this for the 20th anniversary shows. Um, I had mentioned to him. I said I says, yeah. I says, if you use this picture, I says, you got to make the vinyl in the matching color with the with some yellow and red in there that it, the columns behind the band sure enough I had no idea but when that album came out and I saw the vinyl I was like wow Mhm.
0: it's very beautiful it's it's probably my favorite my husband is a big record collector he's got a giant case you know like a cupboard thing we actually need to buy another one because it's full um so we have everything that um has ever pressed and that's probably like Besides the multicolored one, that's like the orange and the red, which is really beautiful too. The blue with your photo is just—it's so beautiful. It's just Thank you. So beautiful. So beautiful. I, all of your pictures are are really beautiful. I'm just a fan of all of them, anyways. But um, so, what has been your favorite Humphrey show to take um, pictures at? Do you have a favorite? Um, well, Venue, yes, Venue too. I was going to ask, but also do you have like one show that you've done that really kind of stood out as your favorite, you know, after you've taken pictures? Oh, stands out. Let's see. Oh, it's it's kind
1: um, it, of tough. I'm going to say some of the memorable ones. Um, I'm going to say one of the memorable ones was St. Augustine, Florida. I think 2017 was one. Red Rocks is always memorable. Mm -hmm. Um, Tennessee Theater, uh, another great place. And Atlanta, the tabernacle Mm -hmm. in 2017.
0: I'm so excited to go there this year. It's my first time going to the Tabby. My husband and I were just talking about it this morning, and I'm just so excited.
1: (laughs) It's a beautiful place. I, I can't wait to go back.
0: Are you going this year?
1: Uh, my wife and I are yes. We're trying to make that happen. Yeah, that's. We yeah, that's.
0: Yeah, that's where where we're doing everything because we definitely will be there. So, getting all the ducks in a row to make it happen because I don't want to miss this and it's gonna be. Amazing, and every time I've done an interview since we decided that we're going to go, it, that venue comes up, so I'm taking that as like <laughs> my sign, and we're doing it. Yeah, so awesome. it's just a beautiful, beautiful venue. Uh, I will say it's a little challenging to photograph, especially from the
1: balcony, because the balcony moves, really? and it moves a lot. <laughs> it bounce, literally bounces up and down.
0: Wow. How old is that venue? Actually, I'm not sure. I gotta look that up. I know it's. Been, I know I look. My husband and I looked this up. I'm not sure.
1: I know it's an old
0: church. Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember when I looked this up because I was like looking at the pictures of the building itself, and it's just so cool. I'm so excited. I think, obviously, on top of you know the music, but like just traveling to new places is so fun and experiencing you know that city and then seeing these venues and being in these buildings that you know have such a history themselves is such a cool part about you know traveling and seeing them too which is like another perk I think because otherwise I would never go there you know so it's it's very cool to to do that kind of stuff um
1: so do you have a f- go ahead go ahead I don't wait I, we, you were talking about the Hall of Fame accounts, and you said you one of the, the favorite ones uh, is that multicolored one. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking right, that's the 2014. I, I'm not mistaken, right?
0: Mm, yeah, I think it is. I think it is because last year was orange. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think 2014. I actually have a signed copy of that on my wall. Nice. Oh the first kind of Humphreys album first album, yep I'm looking at it it's 2014, not only the first album cover or album that I started to listen to with Humphreys Uh, but that is one of Abby Fox's shots and that is just, that's one of the things that super inspired me
0: to
1: to try and photograph Humphreys
0: that's very cool that is very neat her
1: great photographers that photograph this band, you know, and to be in that book amongst, you know, 12 other people that that just do amazing work that inspire you know, me, is that that is a driving force right there.
0: Absolutely. That is is very cool. That is very, very cool. I'm all about, um, you know, visual motivation. I think that's really big. Um, You know, and people achieving things that they want to and that's just, that's very cool, I love hearing that kind of stuff um, um, yeah, I mean if it wasn't for other photographers
1: you know, you, you and they, they how can I say it, they, it's just the inspiring work of so many of the greats that have shot this band Abby uh, Keith, Keith uh, Granger uh, Christine Condon uh, Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know there's there's so many great guys Phil Clark and you know that, that have shot this band and that continue to do great work you know mm-hmm.
0: and I and that's so great too that they don't have just like one band photographer I think it's really awesome that they have this group because oh, yeah. you know it gives everybody's gonna have their own style and because obviously Umpree's you can't fit them in a box so I think it would be very hard for one person to capture all of the eclectic pieces of who Umpree's is so I think that having more than you know one photographer really allows the band to um really have a history of who they are because of having these different artists, you know, to take those pictures. Everybody has their own style, too, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I could look at one photo and know right away it's Tara Gracers, Mm -hmm. you know, who's an amazing photographer, amazing person, Mm -hmm. just just somebody I love shooting alongside with at a show. It's just, when you're working with people like that, you know, we kind of, we know where to... How to, how to treat each other when we're shooting because sometimes it can be crowded mm-hmm. but you appreciate working alongside
0: of people like Tara where we give each other space and, and we talk and we chat and it's just it's, it's just an awesome like tiny little family. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. My mom did concert photography when I was growing up. Um, I was born and raised in North Carolina so all of her concert photography happened at Walnut Creek. Um so she I can remember going to a ton of shows when I was a kid because she was taking pictures. So I can remember seeing Phil Collins and The Moody Blues and you know all these bands that would kind of start laying the ground for the music that I listen to now. So it was it was cool to to be around that and I would I can remember her having her friends down in the pit you know, and I would see her down there and she'd be like surrounded around a group of, you know, other photographers and everything. So that's so neat. So do you yeah. have a favorite band member that you like to take pictures of? On the stage? Yeah. Oh gosh,
1: that's a toughie. Um, because each one has their own personality up there and it's, um, you know, gosh, I mean, that's a real tough question that's a real tough question um i mean you can get a lot of personality sometimes from ryan and jake um and chris as well you can get interaction like i like when the fan members can interact and i get sometimes a lot of interaction with ryan uh or jake when i'm on the side of the stage and jake sees you know, like he'll come he'll walk over towards your camera or ryan especially like i'm um, Sometimes I'm between the drum risers, you know, between Chris and Andy, back behind the kids. Mm -hmm. And Ryan will catch me and he'll point at me or smile or give me a face or something, you know, and that's always great. So it's hard to say which one I, I like to photograph
0: the best because they each have their own personality. Yeah. So you mentioned being up, you know, between the drum risers. So is that something that every photographer, that takes pictures of umpries gets access to or is that something that you are getting exclusively
1: no um not every photographer gets that but they're more regular photographers have a you know different access Mm -hmm. um being on the stage or even being up around the sound boards and stuff like that um they need to trust you Mm -hmm. and you have to work within their rules and their Mm guidelines and never step out of them Mm -hmm. so um, and you have to develop a rapport and a relationship Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't come granted Um, it's it's a trust thing Mm -hmm. and that is um, all I can say about that yeah which
0: I mean it makes perfect sense I mean you're really you are literally stepping into their their world their field you know and obviously i mean anybody should respect that but some people don't so you know that's that's obviously understandable so that says a lot about you um that you are allowed that access and i know i appreciate the pictures that you get because of that so that's very awesome (laughs) yeah and you know there's, there's quite a few photographers that do have that kind of access
1: um, but they're not going to be your everyday person you know coming in just to shoot this show or that show it's it, it takes a, it takes like I say you have to build up the trust and there's a rapport that you build up with with the, you know, everyone um, right. from the band managers to the office staff to the band itself and especially the people you know behind the scenes the the, the
0: you know the guys working the stage with you know Drew, Robbie, Bobby, uh, you know Jefferson Waffle. You have to build up that rapport with all of them because you're in their world. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Okay. So, do you have a favorite Umphrey's song? I know it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on Lynn here. Okay. Yeah, is probably probably one of my favorites because that was the first song I heard from the band and that's what got me listening to them. Yeah. Do I have other favorites? Yeah, I have a lot of favorites. Oh, yeah. But in the same sense, you can have Resolution can be my favorite song, but listening to Resolution at one from one venue to the next, is totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's a, you know, that's a, that's a loaded question as well. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I know because my husband and I talked about this too, because, um, you will be like, oh, what kind of questions do you ask people? And then I'll tell them, and I'll be like, for me, I would be like, well, it's this song from this date. And it's this song from this date because you're right. I mean, it's just they're they're just so different. So yes, my favorite, but it might be you know this certain version might be better than the Do you remember the the year, the show that the version that you heard was from?
1: Yes, it was the Making Lemonade show from St. Augustine, Florida, twenty. was twenty? Show
0: or a 2015 show? I think it was
1: 2015. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm
0: gonna look this one up. I'm gonna I'm like writing it down here so I can remember. We'll put that link in the show notes too. I always like to share like music with everybody. I'm looking it up now. Awesome. So that show, the making
1: lemonade show, was Yep. It was 2015, April 10,
0: 2015.
1: April 10. right. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you how I found him, is I was home from work with a shoulder injury. Oh no. And I had torn my rotator cuff, so I was off from work. And I was on the computer and I was actually YouTubing Rush videos. And I came across YYZ from Humphrey McGee. My brother, being a huge Humphreys McGee fan for probably 18, or 18 years now, had told me continuously throughout my life, Dave, you need to, if you love Rush, you need to listen to Humphreys. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Friend, another friend of mine, who owns a craft beer bar, told me the same thing. Dave, if you love Rush, listen to Humphreys. Came across this YYZ video. I clicked on it on YouTube, and I it was I was like, "Wow, these guys are good." So when after that played, I went to Google Humphreys Smith videos, and that show in its entirety came up on YouTube. Nice. And I sat there watching it. I watched it from start to finish, the entire show on YouTube, and that from there mm-hmm. my wife had come home from work in the middle of me watching that show and she walked through the door and she was like hi and I was like how you doing and I just sat there watching and she, she, she looked at me she goes you don't come say hi I said no I'm watching this band <laughs> and she started listening and she said who is that and I said that's that band on Fries McGee and she sat there with me watching it we looked at each other and we said man they're good and that was it
0: <laughs> that's so awesome that is such a great story <laughs> That's awesome. That is I love how that happens. I think that's how like a lot of people I know have have gotten into Umprees. It's just some sort of like crazy little fluke like thing like that. And then it just it goes downhill really fast from there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like I say, if you remember, like, I started taking pictures of Humphreys kind of by accident that happened. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of by accident that I had found
1: Humphreys on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's the way it's been. It's like, even if you think of it, the cover of the Hall of Fame of 2017 album, that was kind of by accident, too, because I'm standing there talking to Kevin Browning. And I was like, we were just talking, and all of a sudden, that kind of happened by accident as well. I
0: don't, I don't believe that those are accidents. I think those were, <laughs> those were things that were meant to happen. That's, well, they say things happen for a reason. Yeah, right? absolutely. I absolutely believe that, and you know, I'm sure that you're very grateful for the role that Humphries has played in your life because of it. And I, I'm personally grateful for the beautiful pictures that you've taken you know of them and and of course you know the picture you took of my son is probably one of my favorites ever. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that is was so a good photo. I like that photo. He's just he we will go anywhere that has like a large tent, you know, like we'll go to like a local like street fair or something, you know, and they'll have like a large tent and they'll have like people speaking or somebody playing and he will think that unfreeze is there and when we tell him that they're not he gets pretty upset <laughs> like he's he will cry because he's like i thought that's what we were here for <laughs> he gets really upset so which is it's okay because now i can be like but he wants to go so we have to go the kid wants to go <laughs> There you go. I that's, that. that's an excuse right absolutely an excuse because before it was like but I really want to go so then now I can blame it on the kid which is great so <laughs> <laughs> um so do you have a favorite album then from Humphreys yes ah, well that, that 2014 Hall of Fame is one mm-hmm. um now I don't know this Hall of Fame 2017 is like I can't stop listening to it mm-hmm. and which is kind of odd because I, I think it's the best Hall of Fame album mm-hmm. and it's so proud to have my photo on that masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I cannot still stop listening to that album. Yeah I know it's really good and like It doesn't help because I need to listen to the recent shows for the podcast, and I'm like, but I want to go back and listen to that Hall of Fame so bad. (laughs) Like, I only have so many hours in the day to listen to music, so I'm like... I think the studio
1: album, though, for me, I'm going to say probably Similar Skin. I mean, that's just I love the heaviness of that album. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's a really good album, and there are a lot of people that don't like it, but for me, obviously, every album is just a different chapter in this in this book of theirs, and I, I think each of them, obviously, are going to be different in how they are on their journey as a band, but that album is really great, too. It's just, it's really, it is really good, and there's a lot of songs on there that have really become... You know, these amazing jam vehicles too, you know, songs that when they first started playing them, you know, maybe weren't ones that people wanted to hear, but now they've, you know, become these awesome songs. So I like that album too. It's very good.
1: Yeah, that's a, I, I agree with you there. I mean, they, there's so many songs from that album that that they have just went into all kinds of different jams and, and stuff. It's uh, it, it really is incredible, you know. I mean, I can I can just think like this similar skin, the song mm-hmm. when they did it in Atlanta last uh, in 2017, that was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Puppet string they did I don't know where was it was was at Asheville, and that's on the album. was incredible. Um, you know all these songs on there. I mean, hindsight is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen a jam with Hindsight yet, but then I mean you got um, Ridgeless, which mm-hmm. speaks for itself,
0: mm-hmm. you know? hmm Which so th- great songs on there. It is. It really it is. It's a really great album. I don't know if is album. <laughs> um, so if you could go back in time to any moment in Umphrey's history and be there, and take photos, when would it be?
1: Uh, in, in, if I can go back in time, Yeah. oh God, I'd try to go back as early as I can when they were younger and just kind of document them up through the years, Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Uh, that would be awesome. You know, just uh, if I had really realized who they were, what they were years and years ago, you know, I would have, I would love to have gone through the history of photos with these guys Mm -hmm. growing up and and changing as people and
0: musicians, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I know, and that's what I love so much about, like, the real to real documentary is, you know, seeing that history and. You know, really seeing the the people behind the the band and and everything, and really seeing the emotion behind having a band this long because it is like a marriage. I mean, that's it, it's compared to that so many times by so many people, but it, it really is. I mean, it, I can only imagine it's something that you have to every day decide. You're you all are still gonna. Be doing this and believing in it and everything so I think it's it's so cool to to have that and it's nice that you're on this part of their journey too because I don't think this is stopping anytime soon so I'm sure you've got a lot of years of, of documenting to do which is very awesome yep and you think they're, they've only been around 20 years right mm-hmm left in them i mean mm-hmm. rush went on for 41 years mm-hmm. you know yeah there's still a lot of music to come for sure absolutely mm-hmm. and i think these guys are one of those bands i mean they're not going
1: away they're, they're tight friendships and and just musicianship and everything between them mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah you're absolutely right um, so, what sort of advice would you give for anybody listening that is an aspiring concert photographer? Oh, gosh.
1: I mean, the, it's concert photography is its own little animal. It's, there's not a lot of rewards in it. Um, but the best thing you can do is network. Um, network and take pictures. Because the more you have your camera in your hand, the more you're pushing that button, the better you're going to become. Awesome. That's very good. And with any type of photography.
0: Yeah. Well, that's with anything. The more that you do it, you know, if this is something that you really want to do, the more that you do it, the better you become. And I feel that way, especially about this podcast. Like, I had zero podcast experience. I've. You know, I'm a big introvert, which is funny for people to find out about me. Um, everything that I have learned in this is going to be episode 16 now um, is everything I've learned on the fly or, you know, something happening. And then I'm like, now I have to figure this out, you know, so it's it's that's the truth is you just have to keep doing it. If it's something that you really want to do, just keep doing it and then you get better at it.
1: Yep. One of my other favorite types of photography is landscape photography.
0: Oh, your pictures are beautiful too. Oh my God. They're so beautiful.
1: Thank you. And that is like, unless you're out there doing it, you're Mm -hmm. just not going to learn. It's, it's so difficult. You know, there's so many things to learn with landscape photography. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's a, it's a completely different, uh, style than, say, concert photography, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. has its own set of, you know, obstacles too. You, with concert photography, everything is kind of happening so fast, and you have to, you got to know mm-hmm. what's happening, and keep track of it, and you're catching a moment, as with landscape, more a lot of planning goes into it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I'm going to get my shot, how am I going to take this shot? You know, where's my, where's the sun going to be? Where's the moon going to be? Where, all that kind of stuff. What's my sky condition?
0: Mm-hmm. All that has to come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what kind of... Um, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was saying, which I, you know, you
1: can't control Mother Nature. Yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. I was just thinking that, too. Like, if you're sitting there and you're waiting, like, and it doesn't happen the way that you thought, you know, like, maybe all of a sudden this giant cloud comes rolling in and you're like, okay. Okay. happened more than once. I'm sure it has, but I will tell you the, the ones, the shots that you have gotten and shared on, you know, social media that I've seen are just absolutely just beautiful. Just you have such an eye, really, you do. Um, so do you? Um, can you share the type of equipment that you use for anybody that? Um is a photographer and is looking to, you know, kind of know what you use.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm a Canon guy. Nice. Um, I use right now two Canon 5D Mark 3s and a plethora of Canon L series lenses. Um, I specifically use mainly about three, three different lenses when I shoot on threes, sometimes a fourth. Um, they're uh, the high-end glass, uh, like I say, they're series lenses, um, and uh, that's really what I'm using basically when I shoot Humphries. Sometimes I might use a filter on them for different effects, um, but not common. Uh, has to be the venue and the lighting has to be right for me to kind of break, it, break one out. Like I did use one on Red Rocks. I'm um, trying to think where else I, I used one. I think in the Capitol Theater, I might have used a filter. Um, just for different effects from the stage and the lights. Um, you know, and then for uh, for other photography, I have a lot of other gear. So, but uh, also currently switching up uh, on my body, camera bodies, I'm going to use a Canon mirrorless. Hopefully for the Baltimore and the Capitol theater shows coming up. Nice. I'm hoping it's in my hands by that time. So, um, so the next generation of cameras, which a professional level camera, which I'm going to try and switch to. So we'll see, that'll be experimental. Very cool, very cool. But for aspiring photographers, no need to start at the top, um, once you get where you want to be with your photography, it, it, the, the equipment is only one part of the equation. You know, the equipment does not make you take a better picture. Your knowledge uh, of the subject and the equipment, and framing, how to take a picture, how to compose a picture, and your settings—that's that's that's a big part of the equation too. Mm-hmm.
0: So, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I do want you to um, tell everybody where we can find your pictures, um, your website, social media, all of that, where everybody can find you.
1: Most of my photos post on Facebook. Okay. You can find me at Levine Photographers, which is spelled L-E-V-E-N-E. There's no I in my name. Um, and you could find them on Instagram. Uh, But uh, I have not put up Humphreys photos on my website, my website's more geared towards different types of photography uh, and my fault, I haven't updated it in a while, so eventually I'll be adding more Humphreys to that and other types of my landscape photography and stuff. Uh, Not a lot of people really use websites today, they more go to social media. Mm -hmm.
0: that is everything that I have. Um, I just want to thank you so much for meeting with me and talking with me. This was very, very awesome. I'm so glad that we finally got a chance to talk. And I will tell you, it's kind of like my selfish motive with the podcast is that I'm able to finally talk with people that I want to, instead of just quick comments on things on Facebook, you know, and then, of course, you meet at shows, and you're not able to have a conversation, so it's very, very nice to finally sit down and chat with you. This is very awesome, so thank you. Same here. Appreciate it. Thank you, and you have an awesome weekend.
1: Okay, Sarah, so no problem. You as well. Thank Enjoy it. Enjoy that weather up there while it's still uh, decent. I'm assuming it can be getting cold soon up there, huh? Yeah, it's
0: gonna be like 80 today, so I've already got all the windows open and yeah, definitely enjoying it until we've got snow up to our assholes because that's coming soon.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, that's one of the reasons I want to move to Arizona. I don't want to see that stuff.
0: Yes, I know, I know, and we bought our house a couple years ago we've been here almost five years now and it's the first time that i had to really shovel after we bought our house and i'm like oh this is awful i'm not doing this oh. for the back 30 something
1: years <laughs> but she lived in north carolina right
0: yeah for sure so we would get like a dusting of snow and they'd close everything they, well that's we, what I it was gonna
1: say yeah would be closed for three three or four days with snow down here yeah
0: for sure and then because my mom is from the buffalo area so like my grandma and everything so we would come up here and visit and I would be like stunned by the amount of snow that would come up from the sky I was just like completely shocked that that happened and it wasn't in Alaska because I thought that was like the only place there was snow you know so yeah not really (laughs) no we've where we live uh it was this past winter there were definitely days that it was colder here than it was in anchorage so i believe it yeah it gets really cold (laughs) all right all right well thank you again this was very awesome i really appreciate it no problem all right i'll talk soon
1: Great. Thank you, Sarah. Take care now. All right. Bye -bye. Bye.